I gave you my predictions. I gave you my opinions. I told you about my love of Mr. Tanner again. Actually, you brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) I've talked about basements. I have talked about toilets. And I have even talked about Peter Capaldi. But that's not a Friday Night Rewind. I don't know what it's. While Corey goes out and hunts for any last remnants of Mr. Tanner that she can find. (laughs) This has been your Friday Night Rewind. (laughs) cute hello and welcome back to friday night rewind i'm Corey severance (laughs) and i'm drew bukes drew do you have anything exciting to share with me this week are you gonna put me on the spot like that? Now it's gotta be something super, super. Because it's always me. It's always me coming on here talking about toilets or something. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> I hate to disappoint the audience. I don't have any interesting toilet stories to entertain you all with this week. What about old men? Do you have any old men stories? I can't say that I do. <laughs> Uh, I really don't think people, when they signed up for this podcast, I really think they were thinking like, oh, this is going to be nice. I'll get to be nostalgic. And then they have to listen to me talk about toilets and old men. Hope that they're not too disappointed. So far, technically, it's not just been random old men yet that they know <laughs> of. It's been people ten- <laughs> <laughs> like at least semi- that they know of. <laughs> Key yes. point right there. <laughs> I was sure to put that phrase again. Yes. Because that implies there are random old men, and they don't know of them. (laughs) I stand by my phrasing. It's not common. I feel like people are going to be like, what's wrong with her? Every old man she sees, she's into. It's not like that. It's just there's certain men that age well. (laughs) I would be of the other party, given as though I... No, I can't drag you like that. There are certain men who have aged well, and you know it. I can give a good example. I'm sure you can. I feel like in the last two-ish years, he's not been as attractive, but Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford has aged great. I said in the last couple of years, he's not. Have you seen him recently? Yes. He looks a little skinny and on the (laughs) older side. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Corey has reached her limit in terms of her taste. We now have a benchmark. But he just looks a little, like, sickly, I guess is what it is. Like, that's what he reminds Mm. me of. I know it's not, he's not sick, to my knowledge, but he just looks a little sickly. We came here this nice sunny day here to discuss nostalgic things. It is not (laughs) sunny. It's sunny here. (laughs) it's not Um, sunny in indianapolis (laughs) girl i see the sun in your window no you don't this is my light what no the window behind you in your kitchen here this is my light (laughs) i see sunlight (laughs) anyway i was saying it's not sunny we came here on this sunny day to discuss nostalgic topics and you're coming here and dragging poor harrison ford he came here all innocent he was here for a good time and you came here calling him sickly (laughs) 
disrespectful. Listen, if Harrison Ford ever listens to this, I promise I will make it up to him in any way I can. <laughs> but I don't think Harrison Ford is ever going to listen to this. You keep saying this. One of these days. One of these days. I will die if anyone remotely famous listens to anything I have to say. I will absolutely die. There will be no more podcasts because I will be dead. <laughs> you don't know, Corey. It could happen. Give us, give us some time. We'll build enough of a following. Give us some to get, time to get in this. You know what I want to do? I think this could be really cool. Actually, it could be really disappointing, but it could, but it could also be really cool. <laughs> a year from now, from when we first started, like the first release. We should like reevaluate where we're at and see how many listen, see what's more popular than others, and do just a whole episode just on that. Oh, actually, speaking of, I keep a track on the anal- analytics of our episodes anyway. Mm-hmm. And so far, I think the last mm-hmm. time we said this on the air, that it was like the episode rankings were as we'd released them, like they got more popular. Like the most, mm-hmm. the latest episode was always the one that was the most high raking we have in the last week or so mm-hmm. we've gotten a switch to that oh i did tell josh nelson that i shouted him out in the last one and he's like oh my god spotify hasn't been notifying me and i was like oh and he said you should sue spotify i said okay <laughs> just to give a well this is a more general update but all time so audience knows all time we have 12 different distinct devices that do audience sizes. Oh. So at least 12 distinct devices have listened to our stuff. That's interesting because like we were thinking that Vampire Diaries would actually be the draw with this, but I really think that it's not. I think that the movies are going to be the bigger draw, which is interesting yeah. because you would think Vampire Diaries would have been the bigger draw with how popular it was. Yes, but you also get a grab into a wider audience with the movies whereas vampire diaries if you didn't watch it there's not going to be that much of an appeal really would you like to get into this episode of the vampire diaries let's because i feel like you have a lot to say about this episode i do it's just a lot happens like we went all the way we went some from very far extremes we went all the way from episode two where i said that was so useless it could have been an email to this where so much happened that i'm like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's Vampire Diaries for you. An emotional roller coaster. They really, the next episode, I've been dying to watch it. It has been so hard for me all week not to peek at the next episode. And I have made a point intentionally not to because I know if I peek, I will know information and I will come on here and I will give spoilers. And I don't mean to. All week, I was like, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. <laughs> That will be a shirt. I'm putting this into the world now. When we're making, when we reach the point where we're making merchandise, I want. Uh, I'm not touching that shirt. I really do. And it how on the office, Michael Scott wrote like that quote, and then wrote the author, and then wrote Michael Scott. Can we write? I'm not touching that, Bonnie Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. We got to get credit where credits due. Yes. All right, so episode five opens immediately in the action. I'm talking immediately. There's no preface. There's no remember last time on the episodes. There's no little side story. It is. We are in the Salvatore house in the basement where Damon is in the Vervain pot dungeon. And Stefan has taken Damon's ring. Mm. Okay, immediate action. And 
Damon asks how long he's been in there, and Stefan says that it's been three days. Where's my ring? I haven't been eating it anymore. Dark Ages, when a vampire's actions threatened to expose or bring harm upon the entire race, they would face judgment. They sought to re-educate them rather than to punish them. You know what will happen if I don't feed on blood? You'll grow weaker and weaker, and eventually you won't be able to move or speak. In a week, your skin will desiccate, and you'll mummify, a living corpse, unable to hurt anyone. Why are you just gonna leave me in the basement? Forever. I've injected you with enough ravine to keep you weak. Once your circulation stops, I'll move you to the family crypt, and then in 50 years we can reevaluate. <laughs> I'm stronger than you think. You always have been. But you're not stronger than the vervain. And we both know it. I'm sorry. didn't have to be this way okay so <clears throat> i played that because one damon's acting sucked <laughs> i'm dead that's not what i thought you were gonna say and i, I was like, stefan's voice was hot that's what i thought you were gonna say oh was... uh no <laughs> well because he was talking all low and raspy and that's your like stefan impressions i was like i played that because stefan's voice and i was like oh but no I didn't... okay damon's acting go on Go off. <laughs> Caught you completely off guard. Like Ian Summerholder is pretty good at acting, but that whole "What are you doing?" <laughs> it was just so. I don't know. I just like. I don't, I I didn't like it. The pitch, the like weak didn't come off as weak. It came off as I don't I don't know what it even came off as. It came off as very poor acting. Is what it came off as. So you know how to how many instances have you seen a starved vampire core the bar was not set they did not there was not expectation the man was on lost because he doesn't necessarily play a starved vampire on lost but he plays there's got to be moments where he played a weaker moment there's got to be like i i've never i have not seen lost enough to know but I'm telling you, even if he wasn't even lost, even if it was just anywhere else in his life or career, if he's ever had a moment where he's playing a character that's weak slash dying, it's the same thing. Now, maybe this was director's choice. Maybe the director was like, sound like a teenage girl. And he's, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I just, I was not a fan of that acting right there. I was like, ruined the moment. I feel like I get he was trying to sound like he was weak. And he was trying to pitch his voice because sometimes when you're super weak, your voice like cracks and stuff. It didn't deliver. Dang. Acting notes per Corey Severance. Go on. <laughs> because I am obviously the best actor in the world, so I'm qualified no, to speak crit- on this. Um, no, cre- critique them. Go off. Go after them. <laughs> Did you agree? Did you think the acting was good or bad? I thought in that one, it was. It could have been better. Yes. I didn't have specific mm-hmm. notes, but it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel a little bit more validated. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing, first of all, we learn how what will happen to a vampire if he doesn't cheat. He basically mummifies. I could say she, he or she will mummify. And 
like essentially become like stone, it sounded like. And then he said, we will reevaluate in 50 years. So that gives the implication that like you can undo it. I wouldn't necessarily know how. Like maybe like you can put blood in their mouth and it fixes everything. I don't know. But does that come up later? Do we get yes. an answer? Yes, several. I mean, that ah, okay. th this starving of a vampire is used as a tool a lot like later on. Like that's the only way really that we know of at least right now but that's the only i mean given this now that's the only way we can go on vervain yes vervain burns you inside and out yeah but to like to stefan's point instead of like killing them in order to like keep if it's the vampire that you're trying to you're attached to slash want to don't don't want to destroy them but want to keep them weak or have that because okay also that goes to my point a little bit too so in stefan's mind here with this plan he said We'll put you in the family crypt and in 50 years we'll re reassess. So mm -hmm. really, if that plan, if everything went beautifully and that goes according to plan, he's going to live out his little teen years, teen redo in Mystic Falls with Elena and the crew. And then in 50 years, like after he's lived his human life now, revisit Damon and come back at Damon. Like he's literally going to take Damon out of, the, out of this experience for them and then keep going. Because in his world... We don't know what his plan is with Lainey yet. We don't know if he's going to tell her. We don't know if he's not going to tell her. Like, I don't know what his end goal is because I feel like at some point he would have to tell her if he wants to do anything. But <laughs> that's neither here or there. But in 50 years, then that's what he'd do. And if you have that scenario where you want to get rid of a vampire for a little bit, but not because he doesn't want to. Well, at this point in the episode, he doesn't want to kill Damon. We're not led to believe. So what else is he going to do other than. Well, also, and we see this is a little bit later on because Damon uses his little mind powers to get at Carillon. Yeah. If he were to like keep him fed but keep him under Vervain, then he'd still probably be able to do that because if we see how mm -hmm. much of a toll it was taking on him to do even that mm -hmm. when he hasn't had blood mm -hmm. for three days. So, yeah, I, I get that. I understand. I guess I'm just surprised he doesn't want to outright kill Damon. I shouldn't be because they're brothers, but it just. It does surprise me because you would think that he thinks it's the best way to solve the issue is to permanently remove Damon from the equation. And if someone is still alive, even if they are just permanent mummy, they still pose a risk because someone yeah. can go undo it if it's not you. And then they're going to come back with a bigger vengeance because they're pissed that you did that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I would do at least. <laughs> Well, when I I'm guess we know not to go <laughs> wake up Corey if she's in a vampire-induced coma. I don't think they're going to be in a coma. The way he made it sound like was a living corpse. Oh, it yes, really, you're awake. It sounds yes. like they're awake, yeah. I also, at the end there, he says, I'm sorry it didn't have to be this way. When did he ever offer him another option? Now, I, before you say, oh, they've been talking this whole time. No. He was like, don't do this. But that's it. He never said, live with me as a student. Do this with me. Go hunting with me. He never does that. He just basically says, Damon, stop doing what you're doing. Don't do it. And that's it. He never really gives him another option. In this, are you more on Stefan's side or Damon's side? I'm on... I don't know. Because... <laughs> I don't like Damon. I outlined that very well in the last episode. I'm very upset with him. 
I feel like his character is going to grow and change, but I'm still going to need a lot of evidence that he's better because I'm pretty upset with him. So I'm definitely not on his side, but I'm also not necessarily on Stefan's side either. I guess I'm on Bonnie's side because, again, Bonnie's probably my favorite character. I'm not touching that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie and Matt, those are my two favorite characters. And actually, in this episode, there was a Go glimpse. On. And I was like, are they going to be a couple? Are they going to be a couple? There was a glimpse of it. I was like, ooh, I would love that. Two good people who actually deserve each other. <laughs> I can't say anything. Okay. At Elena's house, Elena wakes up to find Vicky in the bathroom. And Vicky mm. goes back to Jeremy's room and says he might be in trouble because Elena saw her. Jeremy says, I'm a drug-using delinquent. Girl in bed doesn't really rank. Sorry. You looked like you had something you wanted to say. It was more in the next, the next later half of that scene when Elena goes downstairs and she's like to Jenna, she's are you going to say anything? Yes. So downstairs, Elena asks Aunt Jenna if she's aware of what's going on upstairs. And Aunt Jenna just remarks that he could be craftier about it. This is my, my whole My dude is 15 years it. old. Yes. Banging a potentially 18-year-old. It depends on how Matt is because she's Matt's older sister. And we are assuming, assuming Elena and Matt are the same age. We know they're driving, so at least 16, yes. maybe 17. So yes. she can't also be 17. I guess she could, but it's more likely she's 18. If she was to be the same age as him, literally, they would only be the same age for, what, one and, one and a half months? Because you're supposed yeah. to wait six weeks after giving birth. And then if her, their mom got pregnant immediately right after that six weeks and then was pregnant for nine months that would only leave like a month and a half of the year mm -hmm. basically where they would be the same age no well i really don't think and to touch off we've, oh. it's been a month and a half now at this point yeah. if there was ever a moment where they Which were the same age it's gone. <laughs> well and yes i think i said this in our first episode maybe but matt and vicky aren't related in the books but also jeremy mm -hmm. Elena doesn't have a little brother in the books either. Vicky's mm. name, actually, and I thought this was interesting, is Vicky Bennett. And Bonnie's last yes. name is not Bonnie Bennett. I forget what Bonnie's last name is. But it's Vicky Bennett. Mm. It's Matt's just Matt. But interesting book characteristics there. It's weird that they changed the names like that. Why did they name them the Donovans? Why didn't they just keep them called the Bennetts and then name Bonnie something else? Or did they really want... They wanted the alliteration of Bonnie Bennett. <laughs> I feel like, yes. I feel like that's what they were going for. <laughs> anyway... So Jenna then mentions that she won't be home for dinner. She's going out with Logan. Um, Elena says that she haven't heard from Stefan and that he left a very vague voicemail three days ago saying that he has something to do and can explain in a few days. I want to go back to Aunt Jenna. This is what I was saying a minute ago when I said, and this is my whole problem with Jenna. She isn't consistent. She wants to be their friend. And she doesn't care what they're doing as long as she has something she wants to do. For example, going on this fucking date with Logan. And yes, to your point, a minor is sleeping with an actual legal adult upstairs in her house. And she's, it's whatever, because she's got a date now. I guarantee if she didn't have this date, she would be like, Jeremy, get your ass down here. This is not okay. But no, she's okay with it because she's too caught up in her own stupid little life. Jenna just, she makes me so upset. And I know that they are writing her this way on purpose. And that also makes me upset because Jenna has a lot of potential. 
and they are writing her so poorly. I do agree. Um, I didn't remember it being this rough in the beginning, uh, but I do agree in your stance. Yes, Jenna's always played up to be because you okay to back up again. Also, I keep doing this where I start an idea and then have another one, but the <laughs> <laughs> they, they're really thinking they're really like want to play into the fact that she's not an authority figure but also the power dynamic between and we already talked about this but the power dynamic between elena and jenna both of yeah jeremy yeah so i i yeah i don't know i just and then there is this one thing she says something like elena's oh you're going on a date with jeremy or with, with jeremy jeremy <laughs> <laughs> What was I do with Jeremy? <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Not okay. Disgusting. Although I did make a joke the other day that if you don't find your cousin attractive, are you really from Kentucky? <laughs> Corey, you can't bring you can't bring this energy on the podcast <laughs> since you no longer <laughs> as the only one of us that's currently living in Kentucky. You can't bring this energy into the podcast. I was saying these things at work the other day and they were trying to critique like critique me on saying Appalachia and like Danville and Louisville. And I was like, you're not from there. You don't know how to pronounce it. I don't come up to Indianapolis and say it's Indianapolis. It's Indianapolis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's however the locals pronounce it. That's how you say it. And they were like arguing with me. And I was like, listen, y'all want to be ignorant. Go on ahead. It's not my business. And then I made a joke about how, are you really from Kentucky if you didn't find your cousin attractive at one point? <laughs> so deep down, I'm always going to be a Kentucky girl. I actually was telling my coworker, I was like, I might wear my boots to work. I know that might not be the most professional, but I'm low-key missing Kentucky a little bit right now, and I could wear my cowgirl boots. <laughs> You're playing it up as if we're from Texas, first of all. I can wear my cowboy boots. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let the record we show I do not own a pair of cowboy boots. <laughs> because, Drew, you're not like that. You do karate. <laughs> I did have a pair of uh, cowboy boots when I was a child. There it is. But there I never bought a second pair. Never bought a second pair in my life. <laughs> oh, I did. So the kind that I had as a child were pink. They were hot pink. <laughs> and they were from Tennessee. From Dollywood specifically, I think, actually. And I love those. I wore them the entirety of fifth grade. <laughs> I was so weird because everybody was wearing like tennis shoes and shit. And I'm in here. Hot here comes Corey. Clop, clop. <laughs> then in college, I went to Tennessee with Brianna Roberts and we went to Gatlinburg for spring break. And we were in a store and I was like, I really want some boots. And she was like, go ahead, get them. I bought real leather, $300 cowgirl boots. <laughs> and I hardly ever wear them. I was about to say, I've not seen you in them once. What an investment yes, that you have. was. Maybe I, I wore them at center. Yeah. I wear them with a distinct outfit. I wear skinny jeans so that they tuck into the boot nicely and not hang over the top, right? And then I wear the boot, and then I wear my red plaid shirt. The epitome of Kentucky. <laughs> we are not from Texas, okay? Sandy Cheeks. 
<laughs> Going back to Vampire Diaries and off oh, of Kentucky. You, I was going to um, say, are you off of the Kentucky hub? Yes, we can settle down a little bit. <laughs> For now, until the boots come back yeah. and stomp them back out. <laughs> I'm going to wear my boots one day to work. And I'm going to teach them some shit like Copperhead Road. And they're going to be like, what? <laughs> Jenna just said that basically she's going on a date with Logan. And Elena's like, ooh, or whatever. And I forget exactly what Elena says. But Jenna's like, yeah, I'm going to go and torture him. For us, we know that Logan is using Jenna to get mm-hmm. to the watch. It's just like the cockiness, too, is rubbing me the wrong way. On Jenna's side? Yeah, Jenna's very pretty. It's not that. I guess it's just because I'm upset with the way she is as a person that I'm like, where do you get off being like that? Also, he's not even into you. Chill. (laughs) Anyway, Elena's oh, Stefan left me a really big voicemail. He said he would come back to me and explain in a few days. And Jenna asks Elena if she's okay with that. And Elena low-key pops off. Okay with everything? No, I'm not okay with any of it. I'm not going to cry about it either. You know, I was going to write in my diary this morning, and then I thought, what am I going to write? Honestly, I'm not going to be one of those pathetic girls whose world stops spinning because of some guy. Elena's low-key upset. Rightfully so. But I think it's funny that her defense is like, I'm not going to be one of those girls that writes about it in her diary. (laughs) She says, I'm not going to let my world stop spinning because of some guy. It's not even quite like that. I don't know. It just felt very high school. So I'm okay with it because they're supposed to be in high school. So this is the one time that I'm like, appropriate reaction. Every other thing in this entire show, I've been like, they are high schoolers. This is the one time that I'm like, all right, that tracks. I don't disagree. Sure. I always wait for you to say something because you look like you have something to say. Some stuff I can't say yet. I have thoughts. Usually when that happens, I have thoughts I can't share yet. All right. So at the same time at the Salvatore house, Stefan tells uncle nephew Zach to stay out of the basement. Zach questions Stefan going to school, to which Stefan says he wants to live a normal life and see Elena if she's still interested. Zach asks why he hasn't called her, to which Stefan says, what am I supposed to do? Feed her another lie? I want to pause again because thank you, Zach, for questioning him going to fucking school. Why are you going to school? First, I mean, in general, why are you going to high school? You don't look 17. If you wanted to pass for 20, you could. And then on top of that, you've got a whole ass monster in your basement that you're trying to keep contained and you're just going to leave it. Yes. But then he says, what about like basically if Elena will still have me? He's having tried to call her. He's like, what am I supposed to do later? Why are you supporting a 162-year-old man dating a 17 year old why are you supporting that what's he supposed to do court he only has so much power uncle nephew zach does he's not his actual uncle 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 nephew zach has no power i'm not saying that but as a fellow adult who looks like he's 40 maybe maybe he's 35 maybe i'm overestimating here he's older okay he's older than us you and i to say, you know, maybe that's not really appropriate, Stefan. Like, I understand she looks like Catherine, but she's not age appropriate at this time. And she is a child. To me, even make it worse, he may not know that she looks like Catherine. He might, Uncle Nephew Zach may not know the whole backstory. From his perspective, it may just be Stefan rolling up and hanging out with a 17-year-old girl. So, 
Uncle Nephew Zach, either way, should be like, Stefan, it's a little uncomfy that you are like, yes, 17-year-old girl, let's go. Drew, if you rolled up with a 17-year-old at 25, I would be saying something to you. (laughs) I would be like, Drew, you know that's not really appropriate. And then on top of that, the maturity level is just not really there. You know that, right? And I would try to tell you that's not okay. I wouldn't necessarily call the cops on you. It's not like that. But I would be telling you that's not okay. Well, I just tried to look up Zach's age, but they never give a date of his birth. So we don't know how old he is. But Yeah, spoilers, but he fucking dies. (laughs) (laughs) Zach's not important. But anyway, I just, I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like. I'm glad he questioned why are you going to school, but I'm upset that he didn't question why are you with Elena? Not because Elena is not pretty or anything, but because it's not appropriate for someone that old to be with someone that... She's a child. She's a literal child. Anyway. Also, the whole what am I supposed to do? Feed her another lie. At least he knows he's been a piece of shit. We love that. (laughs) We love self-awareness. At Caroline's house, which I also think this is supposed to be at the same time, Caroline is telling Bonnie about what she remembers from the party. And she says that her memory has a lot of holes and it's fuzzy at certain times. And she says she remembers him kissing her neck, but she also remembers him biting her neck. And she's, I don't know, maybe I wanted him to, in reference to biting her neck. And Bonnie's like, why would you do that? Like, why would you want that? Did you get a good view of Caroline's neck at all? Because... Yeah, there's nothing left. Okay, gone. I was literally about to say, it's been three days and she's just healed from this big, all those scars and stuff well, that were on her. Yeah, yeah, the scars are gone. She should have the scars on her body still. And yeah, you're right. The whole, she just got bit on, let's say it's been Friday and it's now Monday. Yeah, she should still be healing. As someone who has been bit before by dogs, it does not go away in three days. I can promise you that. I left the country with open wounds 10 days later. Which there is also, there could be an in-story technically like justification for this okay i'm interested go ahead you don't i can't you don't know that yet (laughs) but it may not completely be completely off the wall but as a first time viewer yes it doesn't make sense correct but whatever i was like i have all the things wrong with this show let's just move on with our lives bonnie (laughs) is like why would you want that why would you even think that and caroline i don't know i just want everything to go back to normal and then ask Bonnie what she's doing with the candle. Because Bonnie has been like staring at this candle for the last five minutes. And Bonnie's like, nothing. And puts it down. <laughs> like she acts like she's in trouble. And then she picks up that ugly ass gem, which is now set into a necklace. When did that happen? It was just a loose stone last episode. And now it's in a necklace. You're telling me Caroline did that? I didn't even pick up that distinction, to be honest. It was, yes, it is a, it was a loose stone. Last episode, she picked it up from the grass. Now it's in a necklace. She could have. She seems crafty like that. (laughs) Oh, I also think it's funny because she's like, oh, where'd you get this? And she's, Damon gave it to me. He was gonna give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Why else would he want it for? Obviously. Bonnie calls it ugly. Yes, Bonnie. Thank you. All the jewelry in this entire series. It's hideous everything is disgusting from elena's necklace to this treasure chest gem looking piece of shit they're ugly what about the salvatore rings 
they're all so ugly. <laughs> the jewelry is so ugly. And the other thing is, too, they're like, oh, well, it's old jewelry. No, that implies that old jewelry looks like that. It doesn't have to. Some of the prettiest jewelry, I feel like, is actually Victorian jewelry, which is a little bit later than when Stefan died by like maybe 40-ish years later. But still, he could have gotten roughly that. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like even older than Victorian jewelry is pretty, too. But you just have an eye for the Victorian era. I do. I love Victorian. <laughs> I told my mom when I buy my Victorian house, I'm going to put on a Victorian dress and I will open my door like that. Oh, I will. I am so excited to do that. God. And I was telling my mom I would love to dress Victorian every day of the week. If I if it was appropriate, I would wear Victorian clothes constantly. I just love Victorian everything. It's just so pretty to me. I can't promise I won't roll up in a top hat when that happens, but I'm not going to make that promise either. I know you want me to. Please, we'll then see you can dress like Calm yourself down. <laughs> I also asked Drew to dress like Peter Capaldi for me the last weekend. Is that yeah, when I saw you? Yeah. Because we're going to go, what we're talking about, me taking him to a wedding as my plus one. And I was like, he said, what do you want me to wear? I said, can you dress like Peter Capaldi? Can you be Peter Capaldi? (laughs) But Victorian Peter Capaldi, specifically with the top hat. Oh, Mm. so attractive. (laughs) Moving on. Peter Capaldi. Peak Peter Capaldi. So at school, Bonnie and Elena watch Caroline walk around like nothing happens and organize this car wash fundraiser. And Bonnie says Caroline is in denial. Stefan rolls up and Elena is not having it. Bonnie's, I gotta be somewhere else. Literally says that. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotta be somewhere else and walks away. So Elena, what do you fucking want, Stefan? And he's, I wanna talk to you. And she's, no, try again. So he's like, how about I explain everything to you after school at the Mystic Grill at 4 p.m.? And Caroline approaches Stefan, interrupting this conversation, and asks where Damon is. And Stefan says, Damon is gone. And Caroline asks when he's coming back. And Stefan says, he's not coming back. When I tell you, Elena does the slowest head turn. Like, what I the fuck did you do to him? I know. <laughs> I clocked that too. I wrote down, I was like, she I... straight up fakes. He just murdered him to get, re- get rid yes, of him. Yes, that's straight exactly up. what I thought. Yes. I was like, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> so... Stefan walks away and Elena is left there with Caroline and she's like it's a good thing Caroline and Caroline looks a little like I don't know I think she's just so confused right now I don't think she knows what to think after school at the grill Elena runs into Matt and asks him if he's seen Stefan Matt offers to play a game of pool with Elena while she waits meanwhile at the Salvatore house Zach goes to the basement like a fucking stupid. dumbass. Stupid. <laughs> so yes, stupid. He literally, he literally was told, stay out of the basement. And he's, I'm going to go to the basement. <laughs> he's lucky that he waited until the afternoon. Also, I understand that he can live in this house for free. They bring that up later that he's just living in the Salvatore house. It's not even his house. Like, why don't you work? Surely you have to buy your own food. Like, where is your job, sir? Why aren't you at work? Mm. the Salvatore's got money their phones whatever anyways he goes to the basement like you said stupid like I said like a <laughs> dumbass and, <laughs> and 
decides he wants to have a little chit chat with Damon for some reason. I'm full of Vervain. I've been putting it in my coffee for 16 years. My blood will only make you worse. Damon. So is your Vervain. Good for you. Good for you. Family only runs so deep, huh? We're not family, Damon. Only in the most dysfunctional sense. In fact, I avoided having a living, breathing, loving family because of you. I don't guess I could talk you into bringing me a ravenous. I'd settle for Stefan's diet at this point. You know, I can't do that. You succeeded, Zach. I'm shutting down. You're like your grandfather. He didn't like it when I came to visit either. But you don't visit, Damon. You appear unannounced, reminding me that this isn't my house, that you're just permitting me to live here. Hell, that you're permitting me to live. Someone had to mow the lawn. <laughs> I came to say goodbye, Damon. So what's happening right here, because I'm cutting it here, is that Damon has now reached through the bars of the dungeon pot room and is like choking Zach. Now this time, Zach's not into it. Because I know the last time I was like, Zach, yes, please. <laughs> this time, Zach is not into it. <laughs> I think the family comment is probably the saddest thing the whole of that whole little spiel. That he's I avoided having a living, breathing family because of you. That is extremely sad to me. I also, it occurred to me, Zach is the only one who lives in this house. Does that mean that's it? There's no more Salvatores? That's what I was about to say. It's the end of the line with him. And he just fucking killed him. And Later, it makes not, you think, not, too, not here. No, yes, but it makes you think, too, that if, like, the only, not the only reason, but at least from, say, Uncle and Nephew Zach's eyes, at, to this point, at least, the only reason that they're keeping that line of Salvatores alive or, like, allowing them to live from their be to keep upkeep the house to have some, yeah, literally he, that is their only purpose is that's he the said only reason he let them live on. yeah and i wrote that down too quote unquote permit him to live in the house which is also it's just it's a weird dynamic also though why would you agree to it if you understand what it means to be in the house why are you agreeing to it if you just don't agree to it and you go live somewhere else they can't make you I guess they could. I guess they could say, if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. Yes. But then also think about the risk that they're openly taking. If they were to have their own mm -hmm. house, they could not invite them in and they would be safe. Living in their house, a house that they have full exactly. access to, that's such a risk. I know. It's a weird dynamic. It also seems, though, it's like what well, he was raised in that house. It's a tradition for them to be in the house or whatever. He talked about his grandfather. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, they could have, it has a bit of a plot hole to it, but they could have explained it away a little bit better, I feel like. And I mean, even on the grandfather point too, assuming, because we learned a little bit later that this has all happened before, like later in this episode, we learned like in the 50s, that's the story Elena digs into a little bit when she's doing her little 
having her big epiphany moment, which we'll talk about in a, little, in a few minutes. But yes. this all happened again. So assuming that, assuming he's mentioning your grandfather, assuming that's Zach's grandfather that died in the 50s, probably, yes. given the time, probably about right. So we're to, we're to assume that his dad or his mom, whoever his tie to the Salvatore line is, they just, get, what, brought him up in the house after their father was killed? Yeah. And, I mean, that might explain a lot as to why he's jaded like that, but, or not jaded, but I mean, rightfully, like, against living in the house. Because mm-hmm. if he was either, that means he was either brought up in the Salvatore house knowing his grandfather was killed, or they left mm-hmm. Mystic Falls and he grew up knowing that his grandfather was killed by his great uncles or great uncle, maybe. And then that risk is there. So regardless, it makes sense mm-hmm. why he's doesn't want anything to do with them or is afraid of them to the, say the least. At this point, Damon's flash of energy, right? He reaches to the bars. He's choking Zach and he's telling him to open the door. <laughs> as soon as he was saying, open the door, Zach, I was like, open the door, <laughs> open the door. <laughs> Stefan shows up right at the last second to save the day and gets Damon off of Zach. I feel like they were giving us a teaser here. <laughs> I knew Zach died. I already knew, I've been waiting for it to happen. I th- honestly thought that was it. <laughs> but dang, okay, yeah. it's time. I just think it was funny that they were like, let's tease them with him dying and then kill him like five minutes later. But <laughs> at the grill... Elena is telling Matt that Vicky and Jeremy are hooking up. And he's like, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> is it weird because you have a thing for your sister, Matt? <laughs> oh, we're back on this. To River. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the, the flowers in the attic. So anyways, Matt asks, like Elena gets a message and Matt asks, is Stefan late? And she's, yeah, an hour late. So it's now 5 p.m. Through all of this, though, I noticed it in this scene. I don't know why I noticed it. Maybe because she was looking at her phone and it was close to her chest or something. She's still wearing that ugly ass vervain necklace. She's pissed at Stefan. She wants to break up with him almost. But she's still wearing that fucking necklace. I would have taken that shit off. No, girl, don't get rid of the gifts. She doesn't know that it's like a protection thing. She just thinks it's some necklace he gave her. That's what I'm saying. I'm genuinely surprised that she's still wearing it. If she knew it was protection, sure. I don't know. I just think it's surprising. So Elena tells Matt that she's not going to talk about boy problems. But then he's, oh, come on. It's not like we were best friends. And she's fine. Don't twist my arm because I'll tell you. <laughs> so she tells him that she thinks that Stefan's keeping a secret and asks him, what do you think of him? He's, I think he actually might be a good guy. I hate to say it. I was like, oh, look at Matt. So naive. (laughs) I told you, I'm team Matt. Also, I said it once. I'll say it again. Elena boy hops when she's pissed at the other one. She's literally like cozying up to Matt again because she's upset with Stefan. She did this before. She will do it again. I don't like that. No comment. I really can't. I really can't say anything. (laughs) So Stefan shows up and apologizes, but won't explain to Elena what happened, and she's not having it. Suddenly, an old man recognizes Stefan and says, you haven't aged a bit. 
And Stefan, I'm not sure what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Who, me? Who, me? Never. I have aged. (laughs) And the old man, yeah, I remember you from back in the day in the Uh. 50s. (laughs) And Stefan, sir, you are mistaken. (laughs) And so he's so formal about it, too. (laughs) He's showing respect to his elders. He's literally older than that man. But we don't know that. We know that. Yes, but we as Elena don't know that. <laughs> yes. Elena asks Stefan about this old man and makes like a big deal about it. And I don't understand why. <laughs> because old people get confused all the time. I say that. Oh, let me use context. Okay. If somebody was like, wow, you look just like someone I knew from the 50s. I'm not going to look at you and be like, Drew, you're from the 50s. That's not where my mind goes. My mind will be like, oh, Drew must have a doppelganger from the 50s. Or this person thinks that all black people look alike. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm not going to be like, Drew is from the 50s and hasn't aged since 1950s. I just don't understand why she was like, what's all that about? What do you mean? He recognized you. What's all that about? Elena, chill. He's confused. He's yes. not confused. He does remember him, but. Yes. But the, also, there's a piece of it, too. That she has a little bit of the pieces. She has, it's a stretch for her to go from, does that mean he was alive in the 50s? But she does, yes. at the founder's party, she saw Damon and Stefan on the charter thing which was explained well in the original Salvatore brothers and all that but that does play into yes it's still a hop for her to be like 50s and he's there and all that until later she has a bit more information later when she does and pieces do come together but yes yeah she is leaping and bounding she's not hopping she is well she knows something's up too she like we yes. saw the stuff that she remembers as vampires are like she's starting to think that and she does have all the pieces to get there so maybe that she's starting to lean that way a little bit more now still it's still a leap and a bound i, I full agree yes. that it is still a leap and a bound <laughs> and okay in theory we look like our parents right it could have been his fucking dad now we know it's not we know it's him but like that would have been my next thought Somebody from the 50s that looks just like you, maybe it was your dad. Now, this is 2009. Today, if I said that, your dad would be very old. But in 2009, that would be not so hard to believe. You know what I'm saying? Okay, if you really want to make it feel better, it could have been your grandfather. Okay, does that make you feel better? (laughs) (laughs) But I have older parents, or parents, I have older parents. That is why I equate, like, it wouldn't be that. If my mom was born in 1964, she is 59 years old. For me, if I had a parent that was born in the 50s, it's not that much older than what she is now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anywho. At the grill, though, well, as Stefan and Elena are leaving and she's yelling at him about, <laughs> why are you being recognized? <laughs> the sheriff and Logan do like a quick little meetup at the bar because that's where Jenna is going to meet Logan. And they start talking about how they've been trying to figure out where these vampires are. And that they've been surveying all the warehousing on the outskirts of town and that they haven't found a single bit of evidence. And they make a comment. They only come out at night. Where can they be, basically? And I was like, wow, this shows the limited knowledge that these people have because they don't know that they can move around in the day with their rings. And they, they assume that they would have to be in a warehouse and they wouldn't be like in town. 
Here's my first, again, plot hole. The Salvatore house has had an accident in the 1950s. Okay. The Salvatores are not invited to the founder's party. The Salvatore family has been there since the beginning of this town. You're going to tell me nobody has connected the fucking dots? I thought the I same feel thing. like at some point, at one point or another, somebody would be like, oh, it's the Salvatore family that has the vampires. Now, they may be like, Zach is clear. They may have known they don't actually live in the house. But if you knew the Salvatore family had the vampires and then somebody starts killing people, the first thing I'm going to do is roll up to the Salvatore house and be like, Zach, who's here? Well, you not to like you raised two great qu- points in that too, but the families we were led to assume that the the that little secret society ish meeting that we tagged in on at the end when we found out Logan was sneaky that the founding and we're led to assume they're passing some stuff down because that's why he wants the watch is it's in the lot if they're organized enough to have this little secret organization you'd think they'd have records as to why the Salvatore family is not included. Or and or of this incident that happened in the fifties, because assuming that this all happened before, there was a small group yeah. of family founding families in this in the fifties that were dealing with this too. Shoot, I had another Snaps side point to that, to that rant. Oh, and also the Zach comment. So yes, if they had even they if they're suspecting that it's Sal- the Salvators and they go to Zach, he's just supposed to be like. He's just supposed to not say anything. Why is he not telling people that, yes, my great uncles are vampires and they're here? What is he losing here? He goes back to the I why mean, he's yes. still living in the house. But why wouldn't he mention, like, why is he keeping their secret is my point. Yes, and I agree. And maybe they threatened his life. Maybe this has to do with the whole thing. Maybe he's back in the house because they threatened his life, told him they would kill him if he didn't go, and then told him they would kill him if he said anything. I don't know. Like, that's the only way to really explain it away. But I agree. But also, in the beginning, beginning i got the perception that this was like just family history and tradition and that was just something that like they grew up being taught and they always protected the vampires in the family but now that i'm seeing the vampires are literally picking off their own family one by one and then damon oh family only runs so deep like fuck you damon you're literally (laughs) killing people you're killing your own family you're the one whose family only runs so deep so like i don't know i just feel I get mixed feelings too. I felt like it made more sense prior to the conversation Zach just had with Damon than it does now. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I could have justified it a lot more back then than I can at this point. At Elena's house, Stefan shows up and is like trying to make an apology and is cooking her dinner. And he starts telling her the most random shit. To like, you want to get to know me? I like that one Miley song. What? <laughs> <laughs> Also, I want to know what one Miley song he's talking about. Google like song Miley Cyrus songs 2009 or something and see what comes up. Watch it be like bangers. <laughs> no, that was when we were in high school. Please. No, that would be great though. What if Stefan like bangers? <laughs> Stefan gives me the vibe that he would rather listen to something that's not like current music. And I would just love to think he likes bangers. It's the clown. Okay, well, that's a good one. Or I guess it could be a throwdown, but <laughs> oh, please! Well, I want to see Steph do the hoedown throwdown. <laughs> pop it, like it, polka dot it, country five it, pop it. <laughs> oh my god! 
Actually, do you remember a while ago I was like, hey, I went to a sleepover when we watched High School Musical and we reenacted it that same night. We also did her movie and everybody learned the hoedown throwdown. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It was fantastic. He's telling her random shit so she can get to know him better. And they make a point to highlight that she's like, I'm not eating garlic if you're not. And he's like, no, I love garlic. So See, she already, she garlic. thinks she but she thinks she said that. I guess it could be kissing, but yeah, kissing. <laughs> when I first heard her say that, I thought, "Oh, she's already she's a little she's like joking with him about it." But n- now, literally, as I sat here, I was like, "Oh, kissing!" I see where I'm, my mind went straight to the vampire. Yeah, no, I think that they did that for us, the audience, to show that he's allowed to eat garlic, which I think is interesting that they're making a point to say like garlic has no impact on them, but. I think she said it because of kissing. I don't think she said it because of anything else. Point taken. Point taken. At the same time this is happening upstairs, Vicky finds old pills that were Elena's from her car accident. And she's trying to crush them up and she's going to use the pocket watch. She's no, don't use that and takes it from her. We have another view of it. It has now popped back into this episode. I also liked this part because she's, oh, she won't notice that we're using them, blah, blah, blah. And Jeremy's like, why do we always have to get high? Like, why don't we just not get high? And she's like, don't try to change me, Jeremy. <clears throat> and I like that because Jeremy's whole thing when we started this was that he was like on drugs and strung out and had a lot of issues. But Jeremy is really not that kind of person. He was definitely using it to cope, but wasn't so far gone that he couldn't stop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he yeah. wants to stop. And Vicky is someone who is not, she's, I don't think she's so far gone that she couldn't stop. I think she's just not happy with her life enough to stop. Whereas Mm. Jeremy is happy enough with his life that he is, because he likes being with Vicky. Vicky is what makes him happy. And he, I think he feels like if he has Vicky, he doesn't need drugs, which is great. Except the fact that Vicky needs drugs. So she's Mm. a bad influence on him too. So now we not only have a minor sleeping with an adult, we also have a drug-using codependent relationship, if that makes sense. It was at that moment that I stopped supporting Jeremy and Vicky being a couple because I had been in support of it up until this point. But then realizing that she's probably 18, he's 15. Although actually, I was not even thinking he was 15. I guess I thought he was 16 or 17 still. I don't know why. And then now that I know that she's a bad influence for him, and she's got her own issues she's got to work out. And she he shouldn't have to be there for that. He could be, but she, he doesn't have to be. I don't support it as much as I originally did. Mm. It also makes me wonder, because we never saw this side of her when she was with Tyler. It makes me wonder if she was like this with Tyler too. Or if for her, Tyler is... Had, Vicky for Jeremy is and when she was with him she didn't feel the need to do drugs who knows I feel like that's more likely the case probably because we already know that she wasn't well I don't know, you can say she wasn't like this with Tyler because that's how her and Jeremy first got together is because she was not with using Tyler drugs. and using drugs downstairs Elena cuts herself while cutting the garlic and Stefan has rabies <laughs> we haven't had rabies in a minute <laughs> and elena sees his reflection in the window and she's like washing her hand and asks him about his rabies and he turns around 
and she tries to keep looking at him, but he won't turn around. Drew, if you were, if something weird was happening with you and you turned away from me, I wouldn't play peekaboo at each shoulder like she does. She's just left, left. I would come around and try to come in front of you. She doesn't do that. I think they wanted for camera angle, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I just, I don't agree. I don't think they should have done that. I think they should have made it more realistic and had her try to come around to see and just change camera angles or something. The rabies dissipate. He turns back around and Elena's on must be seeing things. And then they kiss. Home girl, you just accused him of being from the 1950s, but then you're okay with him having a rabies moment and think that your eyes are playing tricks on you. I, I just, she's a little <laughs> inconsistent here. He has wooed her over with the dinner, clearly, now. Like, any doubt she yeah, had is gone. That's all it takes, too. She's way too easy. That's another issue. But anyways, meanwhile, at the Salvatore house, Damon starts using his powers to reach out to Caroline. And she's on the phone in her room, and she's talking about the car wash thingy, and the crow appears in her window. I don't know if you remember this, but, like, a couple episodes ago, we said, oh, the crow and Damon are one. He is the crow. He can shapeshift. And you made a comment, if he can shapeshift, it, that would give him a lot of power. But it's also not impossible that he is shapeshifting. I think right here proves that it's not him. I think they are tied. They are one. But I don't think he is shapeshifting into the crow. I think that he's just able to create a crow. I don't think this crow is real. I think it's a thing he's, it's an not, illusion he's creating. Yeah. In the books, it is him. I think that's the discussion that we had. Yeah. Like he can shapeshift in the books, but here, or at least I'm pretty sure we can. But in, at least here, yeah, no, I agree. It's more than likely, even to go back so far as when Elena first saw it. I don't think we ever. It doesn't ever actually do anything well, except for the car. When it, when yeah. if it's the bird they hit, it doesn't really do anything in the physical world. But you know what that might explain. Do you remember I said she's lucky it didn't crack her windshield? If it's not yeah. really there, it was the illusion that they hit mm. it and it's not really there so therefore it couldn't yeah. have caused any damage that's true that actually is that is the most solid thing the show has done yet is this crow <laughs> <laughs> Stefan goes home and checks on Damon in the basement I bet you're feeling pretty good about yourself aren't you says to him the lies are going to catch up with you blah blah blah. and you brought this up earlier like he, we don't really know what his plan is with elena it's very true like what is his plan because the moment she starts to realize he still looks really good for his age is like gonna be a red flag like why does she suddenly look like she is 30 and he looks like he's still allegedly 17 years old he clearly looks 20 to me if not older. I actually said in the first episode he did look like 26 or 27. So honestly, he would be good up until around that age. But then again, like I said, when they both are allegedly turning 30, she's going to notice, you look really good for your age still. And he's going to be like, oh yeah, it's the Salvatore jeans. Okay, maybe hope, maybe she'll buy it. Maybe another five years. Definitely by 35 to 40 though, she's going to be like, Stefan, 
you haven't aged. You are the same. And he's going to be like, nah, then what? He's going to have to break up with her? Or eat her? Or tell her? And I, Lord knows he doesn't want to tell her. Also, if they've gotten that far without him telling her, what makes you think he would want to tell her then? Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, so that that's the main reason I played that little segment. I thought that was quite important because how was he even going to begin to explain to Elena not aging? So we jump to the car wash and they make a point to say that this is sexy suds. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> because Elena and Stefan are wearing like jackets or something and they make yes. them take them off. Everyone else at this car wash is half naked. The men are not wearing shirts. The women are in bikinis. Stefan and Elena only have to get down to their t-shirts. I'm sorry. I just don't really, I don't understand. Now, I'm not advocating to see them half naked. I'm just saying it doesn't track with everybody else's costume. Yes. It's a flaw in the show. The show should have had either everybody be completely half naked or everybody in t-shirts. Also, they love showing off Stefan's body, so I'm surprised they didn't take this. Opportunity I know that right too. Now. I was like, yeah, they had they already did it once. I'm surprised they didn't do it this time. Unless More than it, once. Yes, but you flagged it on I think the first episode. You were like, yes, just an excuse to show his abs, and then yes, but, but maybe they wanted to give the other people, the other ensemble of the cast, a moment to shine as well. So they're like, okay, let's <laughs> actually not show them and let's focus on everyone else for a minute. Oh, because what's his name? Paul Wesley is so much more attractive than everyone else on set that he outshines he would have stolen all of them, the show. Of course, he would have stolen the show. No, yeah. he would have not. <laughs> Wait, I had a what? thought. If Mr. Tanner had not already died, he would have been running this. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Tanner, please! <laughs> Actually, they do say that this is a fundraiser for Mr. Tanner's. I don't know if you clocked it, but yes, Mr. Tanner participating. Thank you, please. <laughs> That's why they killed him. Mr. He Tanner participating. He would have sold the show. Oh, Mr. Tanner. <laughs> also, I'm having this thought too now. Mr. Tanner was close to their age, right? Like you said the book made a comment to say that he was like close to their age, right? Yeah. So Mr. Tanner was probably only 22 or 23. So I'm older than Mr. Tanner. Not in the show. Because if he's so. Because <laughs> Mr. Tanner is like a fresh grad out of college. You know what I'm saying? He's like close to their age. The closest, like, teachers can be 22. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If he's supposed to be a younger teacher, she's probably 22, and that would make me older than him. But yes, you were correct. I think the actor that plays Mr. Tanner is probably older. Let's look him up. What is his name? I looked him up already for one episode. His name is Benjamin Aries. Is that how you say his last name? Aries? Yeah. You cannot tell me this man is not attractive. He is quite attractive. He is 46 now. If he's 46 now, he's 6'1, Drew. He's 6'1. Oh, <laughs> if he's 46, he would have been 32. So, yeah, he was 32 at the time. He is older then and now. He would have been older than me. But still, he's in a lot of other things. He's in a lot of these dumbass Hallmark movies, it looks like. I might just have to start watching Hallmark movies. He's in something called Canadian Strain, but it, it has like pot on it. All right. So anyways, Mr. Tanner, who I could not have handled if he was participating in this car wash. 
this car wash is for him instead of him in it, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> so Matt is watching Elena and Stefan strip down basically out of their jackets and is like looking longingly because that's when Bonnie is like, don't pine. I don't want to see you pining. And, and that was the moment where I was like, oh, they actually would make a good couple. That's the moment where I was like, Bonnie and Matt. I don't know what about that moment for me was like Bonnie and Matt, but something about that moment for me was all oh, Bonnie and Matt. I'm not touching that at all. Okay. Did you not feel that way when you watched that scene? I mean, not fully, but I see why you say that, but that's not the first thing that I would have caught. I also know them in different ways than you do. Yeah, that's true. All right. So then the only other black girl at the school <laughs> starts yelling at some guy about his car being a piece of shit. And Bonnie's like, hey, stop being rude. So then Bonnie makes this water bucket explode on her and the hose is going crazy. And Matt runs over. He's like, whoa, wet and wild. <laughs> <laughs> this, that scene with the whole, the girl, she's quit being rude. And that, and then the next scene where she has an issue with the same girl. It was so forced. It was so, mm. they're intentionally doing this to showcase Bonnie's powers again. They're intentionally doing this to try and explain that Bonnie's powers are like she can really access them only when she's angry or high emotion in some way and that she has no control over things and that she doesn't necessarily mean to hurt people, but that she's very much so capable of hurting people badly if she's not right. controlling it. And I understand they wanted to showcase that, but I hate the way they did it. One, it doesn't make sense for her to be so upset about this girl calling some guy's car a piece of shit. It also doesn't make sense that the only other black girl at the school and her would not be friends. Now it's possible, but I feel like if you're alone in the world and you have one other person that's like you, you would probably at least have some sort of understanding, but it's just me. It's the same concept of Americans when we go abroad. Typically we gravitate towards other Americans and you typically don't have fights with the other Americans because you're in solidarity if you're the only Americans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And I understand that there can be moments where people might get frustrated with each other, but I just don't. I don't know. So anyways, also, they are 17, 16, whatever. But I still feel like this is also the age where they would start to be a bit more mature about things than maybe they would have been at five. They're not five. I don't know. That's a little bit of a stretch. They're still very dramatic, is just my point. <laughs> yes, not, they are dramatic. Not mature. I'm just thinking about my experience with college, right? At Center, they had this thing called Sister to Sister. and we were 18 when we first got to college and the women at center, you know, there was moments where I think they probably had fights and stuff, but for the most part, people did what they could to get along because there was like a small community for them, if that makes sense. And I know there was a couple of times that I heard about different things that happened where people had fights and stuff, but if you, it's literally only two of you. I just, I don't know. I don't know. And the reason I have brought up they're 17, they're mature enough is because it's no different than 18. And that's why I'm saying, yes, you're right. These particular characters are dramatic, but it's only one year difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, anyway, Logan is doing a news report at the same time on this car wash at the school. And that's when we find out this is a charity for Mr. Tanner's death. And he asked Jenna if she remembers the last time they were in that parking lot. And she said, no, especially not when we had sex in the minivan. <laughs> She's, I don't like the way she is. She's making me upset. 
But then he says, that was a good day. And he sounded like he meant it. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering. He is using her, obviously, but does he also want her back? You know what I'm saying? Like how much of this is he's playing it up? Yes, but how much is he playing it up? You know what I'm saying? And here's what I think will happen. Make prediction. I predict Mm. that she's going to find out he used her Mm. to get to something whether she understands what it's for or not whether she knows it's for the watch or not i don't know she's gonna find out though that he basically used her but he's gonna be like yes i used you but i meant everything i said i feel like that's gonna happen we'll have to wait and see (laughs) (laughs) elena comments that stefan first she comments like oh tell me about your ring and he actually tells her because he can't not at this point right because He's like, I got to be honest with her. And she's asking him about his ring. You're getting soap in that. Oh, it's fine. I noticed that Damon has one, too. Is there a story behind it? Yeah, it's the um, it's the family crest. It's from the Italian Renaissance. Oh. Huh. What's the stone? It's called Lapis Lazuli. Oh. You should really take it off. I can put it in my bag. No, it's, it's fine. Uh, I think so. Okay. I'm going to get some towels. Okay. So she tells him to take it off. This goes back to her. Is she being suspect or is she a bad actress? Because she's, you should really take it off. It sounds <laughs> like she's implying something about him taking that ring off. But also, why would she imply that? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, she has no reason so anyways, to even suspect that the, the ring is, again, protection. Yes, she he basically explains what the ring is without telling her that it keeps him alive in the sunlight and or protects him from the sunlight, I should say, because we don't know that sunlight kills them. We know it burns them come the end of the episode. We know that, but not yet. And she goes to find towels and Caroline's, oh, I'll go get them, man the pay station. Caroline goes into the school to go get the towels. And this is where, again, Damon starts doing things to reach out to her. Mm-hmm. At the pay station, that same old man that accused Stefan of being from the 50s comes up for a car wash and just so happens to be the mean girl's grandfather, which I was like, of course it is. Of course it is. And she starts asking him questions about what happened, basically. And he's, oh, I was confused. Again, that makes a lot more sense. And she shouldn't be questioning this whole thing. It's like she's still so hung up on the idea of Stefan from the 50s. And I really don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyways, he tells her the story of the Salvatore house, but he doesn't tell her all the way through. He just mentions there was an accident there and he was there and he thought he remembered seeing Stefan, but he must be confused because it couldn't have been Stefan. So that girl walks up and his grandpa, leave Elena alone. And he's okay. And she's, no, it's fine. He's nice. I like talking to him. And finishes her conversation with him and then proceeds to leave the pay station completely unmanned so that she can go and chat with Logan. So we pause from there and we switch gears to go see where Jeremy and Vicky are. Okay. Jeremy and Vicky are at the same time as this is happening in the cemetery. And they're starting to hang out with Vicky's friends, who we have never met before. 
I think it's funny the way they have these people look. Did you notice the way these people look? Yes. I was like, not to sound rude, <laughs> but these people are ugly and almost like they want to look like they're emo or goth. And mm. Vicky is neither of those. And then on top of that, these people are into drugs and they're trying to make them seem like, as my mother would put it, wasteoids. And I just, I don't know. I was just, they don't give me that vibe from the way they looked to the way they were behaving. They didn't match, in my opinion, if that makes sense. Yeah. What did you think about the way these people looked? <laughs> yeah. And there's no reason for them to have been given the emo vibe, but they're hanging out in the graveyard. That's the crowd Vicky's with. I also have never really hung out in the graveyard. I did take my senior photos in a graveyard, not because I wanted, I mean, I, I agree to it. <laughs> it wasn't because I was like, I'm going to take them with gravestone. It wasn't that. <laughs> It was, so my dad actually, my dad was sick for five years with leukemia, but at the end, he actually died from pancreatic cancer. He got deadly sick in the last eight months or whatever. I told you it was eight. I think it was eight months. But those five years before that, he just was leukemia. He was able to work. He was able to live his life pretty much normally. We went on vacations. We did things. He had a couple limitations, but not really. But he actually, like when he first found out he had leukemia, that hit him really hard too. And he said that he spent a lot of time in the cemetery and that he would go there to think and he really liked it. And it was calm and peaceful. I don't think it's actually that abnormal that people might go to the cemetery because we actually, in the particular cemetery I'm talking about, we have no one we know buried there. It's not like he was visiting a parent or anything like that. It was just he liked that cemetery. I don't know. I, I'm not that appalled or surprised. That these kids are in the cemetery, especially if they're thinking it's quiet and nobody's going to come back there and mess with them while they're trying to do drugs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was a long way around to get to there, but that's why <laughs> I feel that way. <laughs> back at the car wash, Elena sneaks off and goes to talk to Logan and Jenna. And she lies to Logan and she says, oh, I have a school report about the Salvatore house and it's overdue. Can you?" Sneak me into the news station so I can look this up. Why is it not public in the library? Why does she need to go to the news station? I mean, I'm sure it might be, but the news station specifically, she knows it's a news story. So. Yes. Yeah. I also want to get to that when we get there, but I, I want to address something else when we get there. But also, again, Jenna says nothing. Jenna's overdue assignment, whatever. Okay, go ahead. Jenna, fucking tell her that's not okay. You know what I'm saying? Jenna should be calling her on that shit. Now, obviously, we know it's not true. We know it's just her trying to figure out things about Stefan. But I just, I take issue with Jenna, again, here, being like, okay, Caroline, from when she went to go get towels back at the school, has been under Damon's spell. Mm -hmm. She has almost like in a trance. She's almost like she's sleepwalking. I have no other way to describe it. Yeah. And he has her walk from the school to the Salvatore house. So she's now, we cut to her walking to the Salvatore house. And she is now entering the Salvatore house. Which also, on that note, Stefan should have been keeping a better eye on her. He knew how mm. much of a control Damon had over her when he was powerful. He should have at least mm. suspected that if he, if Damon was going to reach out to anyone in the town, it would be Caroline. He, that's, that is fully on mm -hmm. him. He should have been keeping a better eye on her. But go on. Mm. Again, that first day that he went to school and Zach tried to call him on it. Why did you go to school? 
I just, yeah, I agree. And that's the whole, like, you know, that obviously Damon was going to get out. The story would have been yes. not the same <laughs> if Damon had got out of this dungeon. But it's just the whole, like, I knew going into this episode, Damon's going to get out. I wish they had done it better to the point where I actually was questioning, is Damon going to get out? But they didn't. Right. It was very obvious Damon's going to get out. And I called it. I said, Caroline would be that bitch that would <laughs> let him out. And who was right? Me. Moi. I was correct. I said it. Caroline is at the door to the dungeon. Also, I understand this is an old house and it's like a weird little pot dungeon room and that maybe it really was a cell room at one point and that back in the day they didn't put glass and stuff on cells. Why did no one install glass at some point? <laughs> why is it you could stick your arm through the bars? Like why? Why is that happening? Poor planning on their part. <laughs> yeah, especially if they're keeping the ravine in there and yeah. they know somebody could get to it, I would not leave it open to the public. I would be sealing that shit off. At the very least, get that little sliding door thing you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just get the little sliding cell door at the very least. Anyways, Caroline goes to open the door. Zach shows up at the last second again. Why aren't you at work, sir? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> you just sit in that house all day, every day? And someone's got to mow the grass, Corey. Someone's got to mow the grass. 24 7? <laughs> Is it magic grass? <laughs> <laughs> and Caroline opens the door. Zach tries to stop it. He really does, but Damon is stronger. Surprisingly, I will say, because he's on his last leg, basically. He's at the end of his five days. We have established it's been four days, it's been several hours into the fifth day. He's basically at the end of his time here but he's still somehow stronger which i'm impressed with but it's also probably like the same thing that happens with people you can be at the end of all of your energy and still have an adrenaline rush and push through so he comes out the dungeon and just immediately snaps Zach's neck just straight dead straight kill and at the time i thought why doesn't he just drink zach's blood but then i remembered that zach had said i'm full of vervain yeah. But I wouldn't have put it past him. He absolutely would have eaten Zach, had the chance. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. So then he goes to chase Caroline out of the house. But if you remember, Stefan took his ring. So as soon as Caroline gets out the door and is in the sunlight, Damon cannot follow because mm -hmm. the sunlight is burning him. It's not killing him necessarily, but it's burning him. And again, I have two points on that. The whole scene of Caroline running back through the house to get away from him. I know on our Halloween Town episode, we talked about childhood trauma experiences. And yeah, my great grandparents have it's not even an old, it's not like an old big giant house. But when I was younger, the bathrooms in the back of the house and the, like the sitting room where you sat in the living room, the other end of the house entirely. So you had to go back into the back hall, go to the bathroom, and then come back. Little Drew was always so terrified that when I turned the lights off in the bathroom, I had to go back to the house, through the house to get to mm -hmm. the front where everyone was. I was specifically terrified that a vampire was going to be chasing me <laughs> through the darkness. I would like run. I would shut off the lights and run back to the living room. But as soon as I was in, 
eyesight, I would just go from run to speed walking so that it wasn't look like I was running for my life. <laughs> but it was distinctly a fear that it was a vampire chasing me. So when Caroline was running through this house, I was like, I feel that energy. <laughs> I'm being chased by a vampire. That was so me. I still do that. I still get scared and run to my bed. <laughs> but it was for me, it was specifically a vampire that was shaped. I don't I literally had no reason to be scared of vampires, but I literally thought a vampire is gonna get me. I need to run. You just had a premonition about the Salvatore house, is what it I is. I did. I did. My grandfather liked to mess with people. This is my dad's dad. His favorite thing was to pull pranks on people and to mess with people and he told me when I was younger that there are these creatures that live under the basement stairs called Gooch and Gatcha Snappers. <laughs> Obviously, he made that word up, right? <laughs> and I, I to, this yes. day, <laughs> to this day, I am afraid of basement stairs. <laughs> <laughs> because the Gooch and Gatcha Snappers are going to fucking get me. <laughs> and one time, my dad helped my grandfather scare me. One time I was going upstairs from my grandparents' basement because my grandma lives on a ranch that has a basement. So there's no upstairs to the house. It's just a basement in the ground floor. And grandpa, they have a lot of storage downstairs, a lot of storage. Grandma's kind of a hoarder. And grandpa's stuff was like down there. That's where he would go and get on the computer and basically get alone time was in the basement. And then grandma would stay upstairs, right? And my dad actually did that too. I don't understand what, it, I mean, you're a man. What is it with men in unfinished basements? Y'all have, you want to hang out down there. I don't get it. They're scary. They're not scary. Also, I mean, you're not, also you're not wrong. Cause I went, when I was house shopping, like an unfinished basement doesn't deter me, um, but exactly, I don't seek it out either, but I don't know. I Brother. He also is, he's almost 17 and he also wouldn't necessarily seek it out, but I wouldn't mind to hang out in an unfinished basement. They're scary. They are gross. I don't want to be down there any longer than I have to be. I don't know what it is with men in unfinished basements, but anyways, honestly, I would understand a garage a lot more than a basement. If you were like, yeah, an unfinished garage, I keep all my man cave stuff out there. I'm going to hang out in the garage. I would understand that a lot better than a basement. We're not going to sit here and do this basement hate core. It is a healthy space to have <laughs> in a household as well. Okay. So what I was trying to say, though, was that my dad helped my grandfather scare me one time. So I was leaving the basement because my grandpa was down there doing something on the computer. I don't know. And I had gone down there to hang out with him for a little bit. And I was going back upstairs. And I didn't realize my dad had come down at some point and was hiding under the stairs. And they're the kind of stairs that have the, there's no back panel to the stair. So you can reach your arm through them. Yeah. And I'm going upstairs and the man grabs my fucking ankle. Swear to God. <laughs> I ran up those stairs, screaming, crying. And then my grandmother and mother are like, why would you do that? <laughs> this is why I'm permanently afraid of basements. Forever traumatized by basements. <laughs> and now I have a hundred year old house that has a scary ass fucking basement. So scary. I hate my basement. This is why I never want to do my laundry. Because my laundry's in my basement. Ugh, I hate it. I actually send my dogs down first because I would, <laughs> I'm so scared. that if, if I send the dogs, first of all, if there is someone down there, because what I'm really afraid of in reality is there's going to be someone in my basement. And I know that's an irrational fear, but it's not that un, 
it's not that unbelievable because I have a side door that leads directly to the basement. Oh. Somebody could. And it's not like I think it's going to be someone trying to kill me. I'm worried it's going to be someone like a squatter. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, uh, anyways. And I keep those doors locked. It's not like they're not locked. But so anyways, I send the dogs down first because one, I want to make sure there's nobody down there. But two, if there is a creature down there, I'm going to know. <laughs> and I don't have to go down. <laughs> Although knowing me, I would go down anyway because I would be trying to get my dogs back. Back at the car wash, Bonnie um, is, I don't know what she's doing. She's just hanging out, not really washing cars. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. When she starts to have another little tiff with that, with that girl again. That girl is like, hey, I want you to sweep the water, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and Bonnie's, what? Sweeper duty. What? We have to clean the pavement. It's a car wash. By definition, the pavement's clean, but not dry. And I'm doing this why? Caroline Bale. So that leaves me in charge. So what just happened, because I know a lot of that was sounds and music, was that after the girl said to sweep the water and basically it was like on a power trip, Bonnie sees some soapy water potentially mixed with car oil, which wouldn't be impossible because there's a car wash. There's a lot of cars there. Some of them are older. It could have leaked a little oil. And she sees it steaming or smoking and then proceeds to continue to stare at it and it catches on fire. And then it jumps, and I shouldn't say jumps, it like basically catches on fire all the way over to a car and catches a car on fire. And then Stefan is the one who, Bonnie, you're in the trance, are you okay? And then she says, did anyone else see it? And he's no, and she's okay, don't tell anyone. Bonnie, everybody saw that. What do you <laughs> mean Did anyone else see that? Everyone saw that. Now, are most people going to assume that she did it? No, no one except for Stefan will probably ever assume that. And Stefan would only assume that because he is a vampire. Mm -hmm. So if I was a vampire, I would believe in everything. If you told me there was like magical fine aliens, I would be like, sure, I'm a vampire. Why not? It's not impossible for him to be like, yeah, I guess somebody could light something on fire with their brain. Like, okay, I'm a vampire. So Stefan believes it when he sees that Bonnie did it. I think everybody else watches Bonnie do it. 
and just think she's been shocked basically watching it happen. I don't think they think that she did it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, when I'd agree. she says, did anyone else see me do it? I was like, yes, Bonnie. Everyone <laughs> saw you do it. It's just that no one thinks you did it. Mm -hmm. That's the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> also, again, that whole thing, it was just to show I feel Bonnie has no control over her powers and they're trying to showcase her powers. And I just didn't like the way they did it. I really wish they had done it differently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, she's lucky that car didn't fucking explode. I was waiting for it to explode the entire time. I really was. Yes, me as well. Because I was like, that's what happens when cars catch on fire is they explode. At the same time as this is happening, Elena is now at the news station with Logan. Logan's supposed to look through these files with her, basically, or these reports, but then is called away to go do something. So to she's go cover the room. fire that Bonnie started. Yes. Which, it's a small town. I guess they want to talk about everything, but the fire is already out. Nobody even had to put it out. What are they going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Spontaneous fire. Magically gone. You know what I'm saying? Hey, vampires so anyway, exist. They don't it's know that. What do you mean? No, but but I'm saying it's not like crazier things have happened in that town. I suppose. Maybe they think the vampires did it. If David could summon fog and make you hallucinate a crow and then make people sleepwalk, honestly, a vampire starting a fire is probably not that improbable either. But anyway, so at the same time as that, we're back at the cemetery watching Vicky and Jeremy and her wastoid friends. Vicky is, hey, guess what I brought? And she pulls out the pill bottle that she had found at Jeremy's house that were Elena's from her car accident. And her friends are all like, nice, let's use them. And Jeremy's, hey, you can't take that out of my house. That's not cool. Why would you do that? And starts to have a fight with Vicky over the pills. And he does get them back. But he essentially insults Vicky in the process. She wasn't using it. She's going to notice if they're gone. That's not cool. It's no big deal, Jer. Yeah, it kind of is, Vic. Damn, dude. <laughs> Vicky brought a party, please. Shut up, Tony. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you mad. Well, what are we doing partying in a cemetery with a bunch of losers? Those are my friends. They're waste of space, small town lifers. Yeah? What am I? You're different, No, Vic. you are. You're the kid with the big house who's acting out because his parents died. Guess what? You'll get over it. You will pull yourself together, move on, and one day tell your kids stories about your dark period growing up. And I'll still be here, waiting tables at the grill, partying at the cemetery with a bunch of waste-of-space small-town lifers. Go home, Jeremy. If I want to feel like crap about myself, I'll just go back to Tyler. I have a feeling they'll make up, but it's just a matter of if they're really going to continue to date or not. That's the question. But I think it's interesting that he says waste of space, small town people, because she's got a very valid point. He will move on with his life. He has the potential to move on with his life and leave that town, go do something super big. And she doesn't feel like she can. And it's because she doesn't think she can, she won't. And will continue, as she said, to hang out with her waste of space, small town lifers. 
it's like you said earlier so. with Jeremy, he's happy with his life, or at least the, he's happy with his life to an extent. Yes, his parents died and that, yes, but in his place in life, he's content with that. Vicky's not. And she, like, she wants what she thinks she can't have in terms of that life. Like, she thinks she won't be able to it, like you said. But it, I think the crux of their relationship comes down to the fact that Jeremy does see him, like, even if he can't admit it right now, he does see himself getting better and like on his own essentially and vicky yeah. doesn't believe she's strong enough to move herself into a different position yeah or situation no i agree it also makes me wonder why vicky is this way we know her mom and dad are absent but what else made vicky this way it's like oh, the way i phrase it it's coming out like oh that's not enough that your parents are absent but it, it is enough that could have done it but it, i also just wonder if there's still other things going on too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because Matt doesn't have doesn't seem to have the same perception. No, and assuming and nature versus nurture, right? And yes, there's an element of there's they're going to be the same because of somewhat of the way they were nurtured. But if instinctually they're just different people, like the way she deals with stress is to use drugs, and the way that he deals with stress is to go play football. You know, what I'm saying. One yeah. is just a healthier outlet, but they're both equally stressed. But mm-hmm. I just, it, yes, I agree. It's, they don't have the same, like, issues, allegedly. Well, yeah, well. that's a better way to put it. That's why I just wonder, besides absent parents, what else has happened? We do know that we watched her with Tyler went a little too far. Maybe that has happened in the past. And maybe that's also part of what happened. Not to say Tyler, but someone else. Mm-hmm. And we know she was bitten by a vampire, which that's going to come up again in a minute. But I don't know. It just makes me makes me wonder a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's all that I, because we just don't know. I don't know. Do we ever know? Did they ever bring it up? Did they ever address this? I don't remember, to be honest. So we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so back at the car wash, as you said, Logan has now shown up to do a report on the fire. And everybody's trying to clean up and everything because I guess that should automatically shut down the car wash. There was a fire. <laughs> Stefan, at this point, has realized Elena's gone, which took you long enough, buddy. For someone who's so obsessed with her, I think you would have noticed after five minutes, but okay. Honestly, so, half the um, people he knows are gone. Elena's gone. Caroline's gone. He just saw Bonnie going to a trance. At that point, he should have started looking around like, where are my people at? Or even going to Elena after something, after Bonnie's little trance episode, he should have sought mm-hmm. Elena out at that point. To make sure she was okay. With quotes on okay. But yes, I agree. He knew she wasn't anywhere near it. But still, if he's that obsessed with her and that constant concern he allegedly has for her, you would think he would be like, are you okay? Did you see the fire? I want to make sure you didn't get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyways, he's just now noticing that Elena's gone and he's asking Matt if he knows where Elena is. And he's like, oh, I have no idea. I'm not dating her anymore, so why would I know this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, just a little word of advice, not because I like you, but because of Elena. She's really big on trust and I want to make sure you know that because whatever you're keeping from her, she's not going to stop until she finds it. And at that moment, that's when we jumped to Elena at the room in the news station. 
where she's watching the news story from the Salvatore house in the 50s. This is where I said, I'm going to talk about that later. Drew, I Googled this because I was like, I find it hard to believe there would be a physical film record. I thought of the same story. thing. I said when she started playing, I was like, I was not expecting there to be news footage. For I was pulling, I was reading yeah. newspaper reports like that. She was going to do some deep digging into. Never in my wildest dreams would I've jumped to a news recording. So it's it wouldn't have because I googled all of this. Like when did TV start? When did local channels start? So the very first TV news broadcast was in 1940. Okay, so that would have been in the middle of World War II, and it was NBC. So I was like, okay, so news existed on the TV at that point. Okay, so I'm like, all right, maybe it is more believable. So then I said, when did local news channels start? Local news channels did not begin their own programming until the late 1970s. You would have been seeing world news up until around that point. Now, I can double check this with, I can talk to someone like my mom and ask her like hey do you remember anything about news from when you were growing up because I just said she was born in 64 but from wikipedia <laughs> it says that in the late 1970s the first local morning news program debuted and all, not even from the historical aspect of it logistically like in filming from the vampire diaries why on earth would they do a a footage sequence when a they could easily just set the scene and take a picture and put it in the newspaper an argument could be said that they're trying to get Stefan to appear and technically it'd be hard but they had to go through the whole set design and the special recording when they could have easily just set it up as a picture and taken it and have her uncover a fuzzy picture of him in the newspaper it'd be much yes. cheaper for them to do e i don't know about and easier i really don't but easier again i don't really know but inaccurate yes <laughs> not possible <laughs> yes and as you put it they would have realistically done a newspaper and i think it would have made a lot more sense than her to go to the fucking news station to go to the library go through that machine that old newspapers run through you know what i'm talking about where you click the next button or whatever and you can roll around with that little ball to see things and yeah. see a photo of the salvatore house with the body, like they showed in that little news video, and then Stefan in the front door, like in the video, just a photo with that, and her zooming in on Stefan would have accomplished the same thing and been accurate. Yes, I agree. I do. So I was a little like, what the hell? <laughs> when I'm watching her at the news station, watching a news story, I thought she was going to pull up newspapers. Honestly, I really did. And really then they too. threw that in there. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I really was like, there's no way. And I actually paused it to start Googling. And it took me a minute to find the Wikipedia that said 1970s for local news, because most things don't talk about that. Most people don't ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> Back at Caroline's house, Caroline is trying to process what just happened. And she's like laying in her bed. And her mom is, are you okay? And she's like, I just can't sleep. And I don't know if Caroline is still in a trance, if Caroline is trying to understand what just happened, if Caroline is remembering that Damon is dangerous and upset that she just now found him, 
or if Caroline is happy. I don't know what she's feeling. And I think she doesn't know what she's feeling. So Stefan goes home and finds Zach. And he's like, no, Zach, no. (laughs) You dumbass, (laughs) you left him. What do you mean? Now, I guess Stefan assumes Zach is the one that let him out. Yeah, he has no reason to suspect it was Caroline. We, it doesn't really matter who let him no. out. The point is that he's out. But the other thing is, Stefan went home and it's still sunlight. Damon can't leave the house until it's night. Damon's still in the house. Is it sunlight? I thought it was nighttime by that point. No, it's sunlight because the next scene, I'll show you a picture. The next scene is that gym. The sunlight mm. is shining through it. So back, like we jump back to Caroline's room and we see this gym and that we see the sunlight shining through it. That could be moonlight. I don't think it is moonlight. Maybe it is. It just looks a little too bright to be moonlight, but whatever. Anyway, so Stefan is not you, Zach, <laughs> as if it's not <laughs> still his fault because they left him alone in the house with the monster. And then. Again, we saw something, either sunlight or moonlight, shining through the little gym in Caroline's bedroom while she's trying to sleep. And then we jump to Bonnie, who's crying, and she shows up at somebody's house, and she says, I don't know what's happening to me. And it's her Graham, the one that I was saying this whole time. I was like, do we ever get to meet this woman? This woman, look at her. She does not look old enough to even be her. She looks barely old enough to be Bonnie's mother. She is not old enough to be Bonnie's grandmother. Also, this woman looks very much so in her right mind. And Bonnie has been saying, who's going to put her in a fucking home for five episodes now? And then she wants to show up at her house and be like, help me. You don't get to do that, Bonnie. You don't get to do that. Also, I think it's funny, though, that Grandma just, I know. It's okay. (laughs) Come here. (laughs) She said, I've been waiting for you. Right. What do you mean? I don't know. I just think that it's funny that. Yeah, I just think it's funny. The whole thing is funny. And again, I say all that, and I tell you, Bonnie's probably still my favorite character, but she still has her flaws. So at Elena's house, I don't like calling it Elena's house, by the way. What is Elena's last name? Gilbert. At the Gilbert house. We're going to call it the Gilbert house from now on. Because when I say Elena's house, it's also Jenna's house. It's also Jeremy's house. And if I, like this next scene is actually to do with Jenna and Logan again and has nothing to do with Elena, but I kept calling it Elena's house. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to call it the Gilbert house. So at the Gilbert house, Jenna and Logan came back and they're at home and Jenna's downstairs doing something and Logan sneaks upstairs, goes into Jeremy's room and finds the pocket watch. And Jenna's, hey, where were you? What are you doing? He's, oh, nothing. And that's it. My question is, how long did it take him to find that pocket watch? Like, how many rooms did he go through? He knew and then he, he got lucky. No, he knew it was Jeremy. He knew Jeremy would have it because he says to the sheriff or the uh, mayor's wife or someone in that meeting, he's it's passed down from father to son. Start with Jeremy or like I'll focus on Jeremy or something like that. That's true. And right at the end of that is when. Jeremy is like, hey, what are you doing in my room? Mm. And Jeremy is, I think he just questions him once and it cuts because then he's, oh, I was looking for the bathroom. And that's it. Yeah. 
When we then see that Elena is back also at the Gilbert house, which we don't know when she got back. <laughs> so she's also at the Gilbert house and she's starting to piece things together. She's starting to have flashback memories of the rabies, the blood, his hand magically healing, the Salvatore brothers seeing like the little paper she saw of the original Salvatore brothers flashes up. Like all these things are starting to flash in her mind. And she's giving this monologue of listening to music, but also trying to understand what's happening. She's also remembering Caroline's fight. She's remembering what happened to Vicky in the forest. And she's remembering the one time she was talking to Matt and he's like, Vicky said it was a vampire. Why does she believe from here he's a vampire? What? I'm sorry, Drew. But for me, if I had a boyfriend who was behaving very strange and all these things were happening, I don't think I would be like, oh, well, someone one time said vampire. So that is what he is. I feel like it's the bodies drained from blood detail that does it. Because you have all that that popped up in that montage too of when they're reporting or they're talking about the bodies being drained of blood. That I feel like is the key thing. That's a very odd thing to happen. Like you just don't hear about that happening at all. The fact that they're drained from blood. That is, I feel like the linchpin in the whole theory. If the bodies weren't there and drained from blood, I don't I think it would be much less of a much more of take much more of a jump for her to get to that point. But I really like it's, in thinking about all the different pieces, I feel like that's the one that like it's the w- most unlikely thing to happen like in the real world not unlikely because i'm sure there's some serial killer out there that does it but yeah has, i was about to say it. have you never heard of yes. serial killers <laughs> but on but also with bite with marks on the neck drained of blood the it's the dead bodies that have happened recently i think that convince her or at least lead her to at least get her started down that path. And then you can tell like she's believing it, but she also imagine how much if someone were to go to you today and say, or if like all this were happening, imagine how much it would take for you to believe that it was a vampire. So she doesn't want to believe it yet. That's why she goes up doing like, what are you at the end of a second? But because she's not, she doesn't want to say it either. I think she's, it doesn't make sense. She needs someone to confirm it. Or at least someone to say it. I guess. And yes, I agree. At the end, I haven't said that yet, but she does the very last scene of this entire episode is her showing up at the Salvatore house in the front door right as Stefan's about to walk out the door trying to find Damon. And she's right there. Jump scare, by the way. (laughs) And (laughs) she is, what are you? And that is where it ends. And that is like one of the biggest cliffhangers in this entire show. I definitely wanted to keep going, but I don't know. Also, I my I just my question to you in that when I watched it was, what did you think of her acting in that moment of the montage where it's flashing between the memories and to her face when she's realizing it? Did you think she was good or did you think she was bad there in terms of acting? I didn't think about it. Like I didn't notice her acting in the t- like sequence. The reason I was looking for, it, I wrote down that it was pretty good. I was like, well, that was some good facial acting there that she's got because. We harped on it so much in the beginning of when uh-huh. like the emotion, her emotion was lacking when she was talking about mm-hmm. like, her parents dying or anything like that. Her emotion was gone. And in this moment, like you could literally read it all on her face. Like she's believing it. She doesn't want to believe it, but it doesn't making sense. So I'm giving her, I was, I wrote down to give her points for that one. 
I was going to say that since I didn't notice it, I didn't. It didn't take you out of the moment. That it was bad. Yes, yeah. that means it must have been good. It must have been good because she didn't do anything that I was like, oh, it's not real or it's bad. I would agree. I would say it was pretty good then. It wasn't something I noticed. It wasn't something I was like, wow, she did a really good job with that. Yeah. I feel like it's very rare for me to feel like somebody does a good job because if I find it believable, then it's You're a good job. You're not thinking about it. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. it's a, yeah, it's very rare that I'm so in awe of somebody's acting that I'm pulled from the scene to realize how good they did. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time, it's an afterthought. Wow, that was really good. And this is separate. This is moving from Elena to Stefan, but you already summed the scene up because I pushed you to. But in, in, the, <laughs> in that moment where we're shifting back to the Salvatore house and Stefan's, it's the culmination of like he's got to deal with Damon. He breaks out the yes. stake. And I was like, not the stake. Because you know, now he's <laughs> out for, like, he's like, okay, this is it. I'm done. And gets, go get the stake. He's like, I'm going to end this now. And then. I know. And that's what I, I thought that we established earlier the only way to kill vampires was to burn them. Am I, I remember never said that. I don't think they've said that it's the only way to burn them, to like burn them specifically. It They'll was, burn the sun. It was when we were talking about. Caroline was still with um, Damon. I kept wanting to see Donovan. Caroline was still with Damon. And they were in her bedroom. And he was. they were talking about Twilight and making fun of Twilight. It was last episode. And she said something about... He was telling her how vampires are created. And then he said something that also told us how they died, I thought. Mm, I don't think so. And I don't think I wrote it down because I think I played the clip instead. Yeah. Let's see. You did definitely play I the clip. I can look through my notes. Because I remember playing the clip. Because I remember being like, oh, that's a good clip. Yeah, it just has the clip on here. It says, at Caroline's, Damon is critiquing Caroline's dress. And says it has jaundice or whatever. And to wear the blue. And this might be a long clip. but And then I wrote the clip. A clip and spot to go to. I didn't write anything said. But I swore we talked about fire or burning or something being what killed vampires but maybe i'm remembering wrong so it so it is the stake through the heart yeah and i'm sure that'll get more details on it next time too but yes a stake in the heart is still classic the happy wood yes i think i say that because he's got a wooden stake right Mm mm-hmm and it would make sense if they're like, oh, it has to be a wooden stake from this tree specifically. Because if it's not, if it's just about piercing the heart, you can do that with anything. I've said all I can say. Okay. All right. We did jump over one one minor detail. <laughs> Damon got out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Damon shows up at the cemetery that Vicky and her wasteoid friends are at. And Vicky is in the truck trying to get something. And she notices a guy with quotes on a guy at the end of the truck that's not doing so good. She's like, buddy, you okay? Which also, Vicky should be so fucked up at this point. She shouldn't be able to feel concerned. But anyway, apparently she has a high tolerance. So she's over here, buddy, you okay? And this random man has come here. And she's okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) So she goes over to him. Because he's like, come here, I have something to tell you. Come here. And lo and behold, 
It's Damon, and he fucking bites her again. He bites her again. That trauma. The trauma of being bit twice by the same man. I swear to God. <laughs> even now, it's just the stakes are high. Cute. You didn't appreciate my joke? The stakes no, are high. I don't like because- that jokes. Well, and because and Stefan realizes it too. Damon's been starved for almost going on five days now. And we talked about what'll happen mm. if we already knew his control was got was spotty. He had a lot of control because he can decide when to kill someone and did not. But this man is was on the deathbed in terms of vampirism. Mm. That does not bode well for Vicky in this instance. Well, that was going to be my next question. Is Vicky going to die? So that's another reason that I wanted to see the next episode as soon as possible is because one, I want to know what Stefan has to say about what is he? And then two, is Vicky dead? And if she's not dead, are Jeremy and her going to make up? And then even if she's not dead and Jeremy and her do make up, how are they going to explain a second animal attack? Okay. Mm. Now, they all said that they caught the animal, allegedly, right? And then on top of that, there was something else that was, oh, Bonnie. Bonnie. I want to know what's going to happen with Bonnie. I want to hear what Graham is going to say. I want to see Bonnie get to hone in on her powers. I want Bonnie to have more screen time and be less stupid on screen. Because <laughs> Bonnie has some <laughs> stupid lines. And I want to see her do better. I don't really care about Aunt Jenna. Aunt Jenna can go fuck off. But I want to see what happens with all of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing I need to critique. All right. So there's, you said that Stefan, I'm not playing around anymore. I'm going to go get the steak, right? Yeah. The man goes and gets the steak out of the basement, potentially somewhere, some back room, and then starts to run through the house. Look at how he's running. Why is he running so slow? He is a vampire. He can run full speed. And he said, let's do a light jog. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? (laughs) So he does a light jog through the house to the front door where, whoop, jump scare. (laughs) There's Elena. And she says, what are you? (laughs) And (laughs) we Also, bold of her to go and uh, confront him at night. If she is suspecting he's a vampire, then bold. Yes, correct. Except for the fact that she's been with him all this time and he has yet to do anything to her. So she probably is. He's not going to hurt me. But no, I agree. For all you know, he was waiting until you found out, and then he was going to eat you. I don't know. I no, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Really. <laughs> hmm. Now you really got me thinking. She's stupid. <laughs> 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 Elena gives me mixed feelings sometimes. I think I've said that before. But Elena is just—I don't know. She's just Elena. It reminds me of Bella, Kristen Stewart. When she was playing Bella in Twilight, Kristen Stewart was criticized so much for such bad acting in all of the Twilight movies. And some of that was probably because she still was so young and she was getting better at acting. But some of it is probably because the director was like, do it like this. It makes me wonder, what's that actress's name? Uh, Nina Nina Dobrev or Dobrev. I don't know how you say that, but. It makes me wonder how much Nina is intentionally doing some of these things and how much is like director's choice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've never seen Nina after this. Does Nina have an acting career still? I think so. But on the low also. Mm. But don't look her up. (laughs) Okay. Because we know that Ian Summerholder and Paul Wesley have their little bourbon thingy. 
So they quit acting, it seems like, at least. No, to go do that. No, they both still do a little bit of acting here and there. They're not really too concerned with it, I should say. Whereas Nina Dobrev, she should be working. Like, that should be where she should be trying to do. It's her passion, right? So I'm going to watch those Hallmark movies so I can watch Mr. Tanner. Yes, we know you need to get your Mr. Tanner fix in. True. I have an idea. Okay, so you know how we watch seasonal movies? Since yes. these Hallmark movies are Christmas movies, can we watch one of them for our Christmas movie this year? <laughs> Perhaps. I need my Mr. Tanner. <laughs> the whole entire time watching that movie, I'm going to be like, Mr. Tanner. We'll call him <laughs> Mr. Tanner if we cover it. It will not be whatever character name he has. It will be Mr. Tanner. I wonder if he plays an asshole in all of these two. There is a fall one, Drew. It was called oh, Falling for Vermont. We are missing our opportunity right now. He is a main character. He plays a guy named Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> oh, man. Falling for Vermont. We should have watched this instead of Avalon High. <laughs> Avalon High had a teacher that you found interesting as well. Interesting. He's not Mr. Tanner. Also, He's in this one called A Blue Ridge Mountain Christmas. And might I say, he looks mighty fine in that coat. <laughs> uh-huh. You've never once been like, ooh, Mr. Tanner. <laughs> I can't say that I have. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My final thoughts for this episode is this is definitely where they pull us in. This is where you for sure are hooked. If you're not already, you're definitely hooked by now. Hmm. It makes me wonder if the next episode is going to fall flat or Mm. if they're going to keep the same energy. Because remember, the first episode was pretty good. It caught you. But then I said the second episode was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. It just makes me wonder, is the next episode going to live up to its potential or not? Have to wait and see. Well, I give you my predictions. I gave you my opinions. I told you about my love of Mr. Tanner again. Actually, you brought that up. (laughs) I've talked about basements. I have talked about toilets. And I have even talked about Peter Capaldi. But that's not a Friday Night Rewind. I don't know what it's. While Corey goes out and hunts for any last remnants of Mr. Tanner that she can find. (laughs) This has been your Friday Night Rewind. (laughs) Cute.